Welcome to the Drinking with Gin podcast. I'm your host, Ginny Preem. I'm that friend that you can chat with about anything. Relationships, career, travel, fashion, with zero judgment. This is a space where we will navigate struggles and celebrate triumphs and share some laughs along the way. This is your new favorite community that you didn't even know you needed in your life. I'm a speaker, author, and master certified professional coach. I call you, my friends, gems, because this is where we can all shine our brightest. And now that you're in the circle, you and all of the other gems can tune in for relatable, real talk. Hey, Gem. All right, today we are going to roll up our sleeves and get into the dirt of some of the information that I kept coming back to when I started gathering, gathering information and really learning about my life and and where I was at this pivotal moment about four years ago. So before we get started, what are you drinking? Today I am drinking, if you are a LaCroix fan, which I am, I'm drinking the Limoncello LaCroix. It's almost exclusively the only one that I buy now because I love it so much. I think it mixes well with things. It's great on its own. I'm just drinking it on its own today. It just was a, a good little uh, treat today. So whatever you're drinking, I hope that you are enjoying it as you sip along with today's episode. So I mentioned gathering, right? Like that's part of Gin Path. And when we talk about gathering, it doesn't always have to look the same. I'm always gathering. And even though I'm not in a traumatic or adverse or difficult time in my life right now, I think it's always great to be gathering. And I came across this quote, you know, I'm a sucker for a good quote, and I love to share them with you. This one says, consider your less generative periods, not as creative blocks, but as a time of gathering, gathering new visions, gathering ideas, gathering inspiration, gathering sustenance. Can we begin to view our quiet moments as the necessary rest before the reaping? Everything happens in its season. And that's by Giselle Buchanan. I will link her Instagram. Um, she's got some good content. But today, I really feel like I was gathering and sharing inspiration. So that's kind of what I pulled from that as it relates to today's episode. And like I said, when I started gathering after my, you know, traumatic experience of my relationship ending with Chad and my life just not being what I thought that it was going to be. One of the things as I was going down that path of gathering information and understanding and understanding myself and understanding the people in my life and what was around me, one of the things that consistently kept coming up after I read uh, that Joe Navarro book, I referenced it earlier, I'll, I'll reference it again, and I wanted to just circle back to it because I didn't have it handy when I talked about it last time in another episode. But Joe Navarro is a former FBI, he's a retired FBI special agent, and he wrote this amazing book called Dangerous Personalities. I highly recommend it. Um, almost everyone I've recommended it to will circle back and say, oh my gosh, Ginny, my so-and-so, like family member or friend or da-da-da is a whatever, you know, name your category. So he breaks down four different types of dangerous personalities, the narcissistic personality, 
the emotionally unstable personality, the paranoid personality, and the predator. And then there's even a combination one. So I guess you could call that five. But within it, at the end of each section, after he shares stories and examples and, um, you know, different watchouts and, and signs, there's a checklist at each um, checkpoint, I guess, at the end of each category or each personality type. And I'm a sucker for a checklist, and I think it's really helpful. But one of the areas that kept coming up and I kept coming back to in my life as I was learning is the narcissistic personality. And I recently came across this book that has so much good information in it. I just knew I had to share it with you because I knew that there was many things in it that I related to that I knew you would too, Jem. And if you don't, you might, chances are very likely, and, and the chances are pretty high that you might know somebody in your life that you are seeing some of these behaviors or patterns, maybe not as the narcissistic personality, but perhaps as the person that's in a relationship with, with one. And it might offer some guidance or some help, just some ideas or even just awareness, which I think is always great. So like I said, I kept coming back to this and this idea of narcissism or narcissistic personality. And it's something that I think has really become very common. Like we hear that word flippantly thrown around all the time. And I want to be careful to not do that here today. And the book that I'm going to be referencing throughout today's podcast um, in this episode is by Dr. Ramani Durvasula or Duvasala, I'm not exactly sure. I know I watched a couple of news clips of hers and a TV anchor kind of butchered her last name. So I wanted to hopefully do a better job than that. But it's called Should I Stay or Should I Go? And it's um, surviving a relationship with a narcissist. Now, she starts out, you know, explaining all the different types of narcissism and descriptions and almost that there's like a severity scale of it. And again, has some checklists in there. She even references Joan of Arrow's book, Dangerous Personalities. So I love that there's sort of a reference back to both of those. But her information that she shares is just so good. And it's so relatable. She uses um, Dr. Romani is kind of what she goes by. So I'll call her Dr. Romani throughout. And again, I will link um, this book in the show notes, so that you can reference it if you want to go grab a copy of it yourself. It's really, really good. Now, Dr. Romani gives so many good examples and metaphors and just uses really great stories throughout. And what I'm going to do is just share with you some of the highlights that I pulled that I thought were either relatable or signs or things that I should have seen. Um, while this book is intended and really meant to identify if you're in a narcissistic or if you've survived a relationship with a narcissist in intimate relationships. But quite honestly, I really found this transferable. Um, you know, for me, I could see this transferring to relationships with family, uh, relationships with friends or colleagues, I really found most everything transferable. Again, it's really intended to highlight narcissistic intimate relationships. But I just think that so much of the information in here does transfer to all types of relationships. So speaking of family, one of the things that she said is that people that end up getting in an intimate relationship with 
a narcissist. And what I thought was interesting is she didn't say some, she didn't say many, she didn't say most. She said the vast majority of people that enter into a relationship with a narcissist have at least one parent with narcissism. I found that fascinating. Um, and she explains, you know, this concept of familiarity, you know, we are then programmed from the time back to childhood of wanting to or needing to be supply to a narcissist. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later. She uses a really great analogy that I'll highlight. But she does talk about, you know, in the way that she talks about being pulled in and being in an intimate relationship makes it really hard to leave. So it does make sense that the closer the relationship, the more difficult it is to exit, or the closer the relationship, the more severe some of the you know, patterns and behaviors maybe, and that makes it feel harder to leave or exit that relationship, whether it is with a friend or a colleague or a family member, or particularly if it is a um, intimate relationship. So she talks about this idea of familiarity or comfort. And again, I don't want to throw too many quotes at you today, but I am going to give you one more because I just thought this was so timely as it came across my feed today as I'm recording this podcast. And this is by uh, Mercedes Kaufman. I believe I've quoted her before. She's also a therapist. And she says that growth requires the accountability for you to determine and accept when you have outgrown the people, places, or behaviors in your life, despite the amount of chemistry or comfort that may still exist. And that really resonated because comfort does kind of equal that familiarity. And that's not always a good thing. And until you can acknowledge it and recognize it to start moving down that path of understanding it, and then, you know, having your intentions and nurturing yourself through the process, that's the hardest part is really recognizing it and understanding it. And it kind of goes back. I know I use this phrase all the time, but, you know, seeing the forest through the trees, and being able to see that big picture of what's going on around you and understanding it. And I know Dr. Kaufman, Mercedes Kaufman, in that quote also referred to chemistry. And in this book, The Should I Stay or Should I Go, Dr. Romani talks about the myth of chemistry. And we know that when you put your hand on a hot stove, like we learned this as young children, you pull your hand back and you're probably never going to touch the hot stove again. But that rule doesn't apply when you are in a relationship with a narcissist. For whatever reason, that that brain chemistry and that, um, you know, almost like it's like why love bombing works so well for narcissists is because it does, you know, change your brain chemistry. But that feeling of that that passion, that chemistry that people are kind of looking for in uh, relationships. Dr. Romani uses the uh, movie Beauty and the Beast, you know, how she's going to change him and, and you know, and how that's such a, a farce in society. And like that wanting that happy ending love story like that. A lot of times that's what people like, she kind of uses that comparison for narcissistic relationships. And, you know, going back to that chemistry or wanting to feel that feeling of butterflies this came up in another book called Attached. And 
I'll probably do another whole episode on attachment and attachment styles, but that's become a really popular book as well. I think it's Dr. Levine is the author of that one. I, I will post that in the show notes once I make sure that I get it correct. So in attach, they also talk about that feeling of butterflies. And commonly, I thought it was good. And I think commonly, a lot of people think that's a good sign when you get that feeling of butterflies, but it's actually our bodies giving us a warning sign. And but again, that's why that love bombing works so well is because it's giving that feeling of butterflies and we think it's the chemistry, but really that's kind of a myth as Dr. Romani breaks down. Also, um, you know, let me actually check in on this. You know, I said I'm a sucker for checklists. And so in early on, one of the things that she has in here is a checklist. Like I said, there's a check, there's a bunch of checklists in the Dangerous Personalities book. But also in this book, she's got a checklist of a lot of the uh, most relevant behaviors and characteristics that you might see in a narcissist. And again, what I love about this is she's an expert, like Dr. Romani is an expert on narcissism. This is like what she studied. I think she said this book took her three years to write. And that's in addition to all of the years of studying and, you know, observations and clinical practice and research on this topic in particular. So that's why I think she's just such a good one to, you know, reference and use this as a great resource because, again, I think narcissism is so flippantly thrown around and she talks about how our culture is literally a perfect breeding ground for it right now with social media and the seeking of validation and elevating and, you know, maybe even some dishonesty in there. But this checklist has about 30 different um, behaviors or uh, characteristics. And she really talks about how narcissism and narcissists are patterned. And there's sometimes some unpredictability, but really it's like history repeating itself. It's very, very patterned. And I can't tell you the number of times in the book that she says narcissists don't change. So if you're wondering if you are going to change your partner, if you feel like you're in a relationship with a narcissist, she repeatedly says over and over that she has never seen it happen. Yes, they may change behaviors and patterns for a short period of time, but quickly fall back into the patterns. So let me just give you, I'm not going to go through all 30 of these, obviously, but I think there's some that are very relatable. And you might, again, see it in not even an intimate partner, but a family member, a friend or a colleague. So some of the things that are really common patterns in narcissists, according to Dr. Romani, are lack of empathy, entitled, manipulative. There's a lack of guilt, um, needing a constant, needing constant admiration and validation and I think that kind of ties in. She also has vain listed in here. Um, I can't tell you the number of times that you see someone, you know, needing that admiration and validation, and then they're decked out in all the clothes and the fancy car and the jewelry and the handbags. And, you know, she uses those things as examples in here. Um, you know, everything being a show, lying, projecting, gaslighting. So it's like having a conversation with a narcissist, you feel like you're losing your mind and you're going crazy because 
you're, you're talking in circles and they're making you question your own experiences and reality, or they're just completely dismissing reality and could even be blatantly calling it out like that didn't happen. Um, and then, you know, poor boundaries. I think that's another one that is something that is easy to see, but when you are the person in a narcissistic relationship and your boundaries are completely um, disrespected, it becomes really hard to then create boundaries. And you get afraid of how they're going to respond because she does talk about like the anger and the rage and how they can respond to things. Um, infidelity is also something that's on here. Careless. I mean, I could go on and on. Like I said, there's about 30 different things in here. Oh, one of my favorites. This is like my new favorite word engages in Scheudenfraud. I hope I'm saying that right. But what that means is reveling in others misery, not wanting other people to do well or be well or have success. And, you know, that kind of goes back to their needing, you know, to be elevated and this grandiose kind of, um, you know, mindset where they are, it makes them feel better about themselves. And that just can't be a fun place to be. So when you're in a relationship with a narcissist, they're really good storytellers too. And one of the things that she talks about is the excuses that they use. And oftentimes, look, these excuses are really good and they're valid. They're good stories and they make a lot of sense. And any normal person that has empathy and care and concern for other human beings is going to be like, oh my gosh, that makes me feel terrible. Like, of course. But instead of it being an actual story, and I'll give you a couple of examples. And one is legitimately exactly what Chad used with me when we got into like our first actual big argument. And it was that he was abandoned by his father. Um, another example that Dr. Romani gives is that, you know, they might say, well, I was always ignored by my mom. Again, these are legitimate, but what a narcissist will do is use it as a get out of jail free card, if you will. And for me, what I experienced was that they get used at really odd times. And so while that might be a really great, you know, story or a reason to behave poorly, they use it at a time that where it doesn't even actually relate. And again, that might tie back into the gaslighting where it kind of makes you feel a little crazy. So Dr. Romani also talks about, you know, this feeling, if you are feeling like you are in a relationship with a narcissist. Now, I'll go so far as to say, I feel like this really is a transferable um, characteristic or feeling, not just in an intimate relationship, but again, with family, friends, colleagues, this feeling of never being enough. Now, when I was in my relationship with Chad, I was, you know, working, traveling every week for my job, you know, to support, you know, a lifestyle and, you know, pay the bills and whatever. And then I also was doing the grocery shopping and doing the majority of picking the kids up from school and dropping them off and making lunches and making sure the house was cleaned and that the laundry was done and that the lawn was mowed. And it just never felt like enough. And basically, Dr. Romani says, you never will be. That was a hard thing to sit with for a second. If you are in a relationship with a narcissist, it doesn't matter what you do, 
you'll never be enough because they're always seeking more. And she talks about this, and I love this analogy that she uses. If you are the supply to a narcissist, you are basically a cargo ship for them, constantly bringing in supply of what they need. And even when you are doing everything and supplying everything that you feel like you possibly can, it's never enough. And I know that some of this might be really hard to hear. Some of it was hard for me to read, even though I've done all of this, you know, gathering and, uh, you know, using my intentions and nurturing myself for these past several years and really changing the landscape of who I have in my life and being very intentional about that and in a really great place with that. Some of this is hard. It's like, how did I not see that? Or why did I not respect my own boundaries? But when you're in it, it's really difficult to actually take those steps. And she doesn't tell you to do, you know, to make a choice one way or another, but she does give really helpful tools. So if you read this book and you're like, oh my gosh, I am in a relationship with a narcissist. What do I do? She doesn't tell you what to do. You have to have those answers for yourself and once you make that choice, she does give some really great feedback and some great insights of people that have chosen to stay or people that have chosen to go. Um, ooh, one thing that I really related to was she says that it's very common. Okay, so if you're having an argument or a conversation or a disagreement with a narcissist, they can pull out every trick in their toolbox or every trick in their magic hat. And they will, you know, I know I've had these experiences before where, you know, it's the gaslighting, you start to question your own sanity. And it's like, you can't have a, they try to use logic. And then when you are actually being logical, again, it makes you feel a little bit crazy. So oftentimes what people that are in a relationship with a narcissist do is they sit down and they write a letter. And I have done that, not with Chad, but I have sat down to write a family member a letter many times over the years. And I've never sent it. But and she actually recommends not to she said that she's actually never seen this work. And even in the numerous times or the over and over that she's seen it, you know, she just, she hasn't seen that method work. And I think part of the reason why you often don't hit send is again, because you're afraid of what that's going to mean for the relationship. Oh my gosh, are they going to end it? Are they going to respond with rage or anger? You know, how are they going to respond to this? Even though you're trying to just express your feelings, it, it doesn't work. So I found that really helpful for her to just very clearly state that. And when you are, again, the person in the relationship, she talks a lot about shame. And look, this is something I know I've been talking about often lately is, you know, this feeling of shame. And you know what, guess what? She said that it stems from not talking about it. And Jem, this is, you know, I know a newer platform that I've been talking about, but the whole point of this podcast is to be talking about these things and remove that shame, remove that barrier, remove stigma that's associated with some of these topics that we think are tough. But you know what, when we confront it and we start talking about it, it's amazing. I mean, the listeners that reach out to me that tell me 
about, oh my gosh, I experienced that. And that's really what this is for, to really help people through some of these difficult situations navigate and, and move forward and grow and heal. So, you know, the first thing that Dr. Romani suggests is you have to confront it. You have to confront and, you know, she clearly recommends um, therapy. That's her, her um, wheelbox or yeah, wheelbox. Is that the uh, is that the term? Anyway, um, you know, to talk about it. And one of her biggest recommendations is trusting your gut. When you are seeing these red flags, trust it. Our intuition and our instinct is one of our greatest gifts that is underutilized. And I get it. As, as humans, we want relationships to work. We do want that fairy tale ending. And I think overall, we want to see the good in people. But when you're in this type of situation, and again, she reminds us that narcissists don't change. And so instead of feeling like you're going to, you know, change somebody when or you know, have this fairy tale ending, keeping in mind that they're not going to change. And making sure that you're not isolating yourself. And this is something that actually when you start to do that and you shut down and you don't talk about it and you don't share it with your closest friends or family members or a therapist, isolation works very well for narcissists because one of the things that they want is control. And when you're their supply, they want to be able to control you. And so this is a pattern that I've often seen in family members, friends, they'll talk terribly about everybody else in your life. And it's easy to jump on that bandwagon. But if you actually sit with yourself and trust your gut and your intuition, and know why these people are in your life, um, and not jump on that bandwagon and actually sit back and assess it from a logical point of view, and the you know, the value that certain people bring to your life, you know, someone that really cares about you isn't going to sit and trash talk everybody else that's in your life. But that's common because they want you to start eliminating people and the less people that you have, the less people there are to talk about um, your situation with, and they start to gain more control. So I thought that was something else that just really resonated. Um, and sharing good news. You know, if you think that you might have a narcissist in your life, think about what it's like when you share good news with them, good news of things that's happening in your life. Did you just get a big promotion at work? Did you win an award at work? You know, did you, did, are you going on a wonderful vacation? Things that are exciting. Are you publishing a book? Are you like, I'm using that as my own personal example, because I'll tell you, I had a friend that um, didn't receive that well, and then was telling everybody else behind my back that my book wasn't going to be successful. Look, people that claim to be your really good friend or a partner or a family member, they should be happy for you and share in that success. So think about what that feels like when you're sharing good news with people. And if you're questioning if they're a narcissist, that could be one of the signs that Dr. Romani um, kind of lays out there. And it's if they do not receive and want to celebrate that and make you feel bad about sharing the good things that are going on in your life and not celebrating it with you, 
that could be, you know, an indicator. And she says, then don't share good news with them anymore. Share it with the people in your life that are going to support you and celebrate that good news with you because you deserve it. Now, she also recommends, and this is great because I really think that, you know, if you're thinking that you're in a relationship with a narcissist or you've left or are leaving a relationship with a narcissist, whatever that relationship looks like, she recommends some things that really fit nicely into the nurture aspect of gin path, sleeping, eating well, exercising. And guess what, Jem? She recommends meditation. And I know I probably sound like a broken record, but meditation has changed my life. Again, you can do it guided, you can use apps, you can just do it and sit with your breath. But it is something that I've been seeing continually um, recommended, you know, even by therapists. So this is great. I'm going to finish with a story that she shares. And I thought this was just really fascinating because it transferred to my own life. And so I thought this was like the perfect way to wrap it up. So she talks about this story about uh, baboons in Kenya. And in this community of baboons, there was this hierarchy. And there was the females, and then there was this group of males, and then there was another group of males that were very controlling and abusive and toxic and mean to particularly the female baboons. Well, turns out these baboons ate some uh, tainted meat and they all died. And so this, um, I think he was a biologist. I should um, go back and look exactly who it was that was doing this um, study. But in this study, what they found was, and kind of what they expected, was that this younger generation or this other generation of baboons, of the males, would jump in and take over the hierarchy and start treating the women poorly and abuse them and you know beat them, and they didn't. Instead... Once the abusive, narcissistic, toxic energy was removed from that environment, everything became more harmonious. And so for me, Jem, you know, what I learned is that once I started to remove the narcissism from my life, I started to take a look around and the people in my life now are warm and they are supportive, and they are authentic, and they are genuine and want the best for me, and we want the best for each other. But it took that big step of facing it, gathering myself and the information, walking down that gin path, making the hard decision to remove some of the narcissists in my life. And look, some of them just chose to remove themselves from my life, maybe because they could see that they weren't controlling me anymore. Um, and that I was changing and I wasn't going to be a cargo ship of supply. And that just really resonated with me. And she does, Dr. Romani also warns, like, if you continue to stay and surround yourself with narcissists, you start to take on those behaviors. And whew, that was a hard thing for me to, to recognize. And if I didn't, because you are a product of your environment, and if you're surrounded by that, you are 
coping, you're using coping mechanisms and skills to deal with those relationships. And that will bleed into your other relationships and how you interact with others. And that was a really hard truth for me, a hard pill for me to swallow to go, gosh, I, I think I was embodying some of these, but I chose to make that shift and to remove that and to, you know, take the challenge and, and face that head on and acknowledge that these were some of the things that were happening. And this book just really kind of helps solidify a lot of the things that I've been doing with Gin Path over the last, um, you know, four years, really. And again, I, I recommend this. And if you have any other recommendations, so the book again is Should I Stay or Should I Go? Surviving a Relationship with a Narcissist by Dr. Romani Dervasala. And, you know, if you've got any other recommendations, this, this book was a recommendation from a listener and who's also a therapist. So I think that this was great. I hope you found, I'm sure you had to have found at least one gem in here, um, that you could relate to something that will help you something that is relatable or might help somebody else. So give it a share. If you have any recommendations or questions for me, shoot me a message, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I love to hear from you, Gem. And, you know, if you've got something or a question or a recommendation that you want to hear, I'm sure it's going to be something that someone else will want to hear too and will help them. So thank you so much for being here for another great episode, Gem. Oh, you gems. Thank you for listening and tuning in to Drinking with Gin. I have enjoyed connecting with you. And if you loved this episode, I need you to please go subscribe, rate, and leave a review for Drinking with Gin. And then to stay connected with me, head over to my Instagram. My handle is Ginny Prem. I can't wait to chat again with you gems next week.